We are looking at um, great men, these great men and women that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, last Sunday evening, we looked at Abel and the sacrifice of faith. Now, this, move, this, morning, uh, this evening, we, we move on to consider Enoch and what I'm calling uh, the walk of faith. Let's begin uh, with the Hebrews text, which is found in Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. We don't know a great deal about Enoch, but we're going to take what we do learn and uh, see that uh, there's, there's things to learn from it. So Hebrews 11, um, 5 and 6. Um, by faith... Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. There's a little more we can learn from Enoch by turning back to um, Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 5, where we have an account of the descendants of Adam to the man Noah. And so we read in um, verses 21 through 24 this about Enoch. Hebrews 5, from verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. So Enoch, as is pointed out by um, A.W. Pink, is a very striking character. He's, he is one of but two men uh, of whom it is said in Scripture that he walked with God. Uh, he is uh, one of but two men who lived on earth and went to heaven without passing through the portal of death. And he's the only one, except our blessed Lord, of whom it is written, he pleased God. Now, I suppose the most striking fact uh, of those is to read about how Enoch, when he was 365, was taken away by God. Um, just, he never died, in other words, in the natural manner. Um, he was he, he, in natural death. A distinction that's only shared uh, with the great prophet Elisha. But it's the faith of Enoch that's being showcased in Hebrews 11. And to understand his faith and how God could have so favored him, uh, we need to consider the other fact that's given to us. First, that he walked with God. Um, uh, Genesis 5 emphasizes the importance of this by mentioning it twice in verses 22 and 24, that Enoch, by faith, walked with God. So, what does it mean uh, 
when we read of walking with, with God. I suppose we might have a number of ideas about that. Um, uh, first of all, doesn't it stand to reason uh, that to be said to be walking with someone, that we have to be walking in the same direction as they are? Uh, in the case of walking with God, that must be the direction of holiness. Anyone who's be walking with God must be walking the way of holiness. But I think it's pretty certain that a, a great number of people around us are not walking in the same direction as God. They're going in an altogether other direction. They're following the direction of Cain and his kin. Uh, many are on the road also with, uh, with Lamech, uh, a renowned early relative of Enoch. Uh, Genesis 4:23. And Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is eleven sevenfold, then uh, uh, Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. Uh, it's Lamech who introduced, by the way, the idea of uh, polygamy. Uh, to the world by marrying more than one wife. That was not God's way. And although it's allowed, um, we don't have to read too far in Scripture to discover it never turns out very well. And, um, and then we have this savage boast that he makes uh, to his wives, uh, um, sort of this chest-pounding uh, pronouncement uh, that he, uh, he shows his proud spirit. Uh, certainly that was not God's way either. But it, it is the way of the world, the prevailing direction of so many, the way of boasting and self-satisfaction and revenge and violence and, and immorality. Uh, those are the way of so many. And also, of course, it's the way of judgment. Uh, but God does not walk that way. And uh, he walks the way of holiness. And we're not to walk that way. In Genesis 3, we read of the Lord God walking in the garden. It's a sort of intriguing little, little passage or reference that he comes down in the cool of the day and uh, is, is found walking. Uh, but you may recall in that reference that Adam and Eve were not walking with him that day. In fact, they were hiding from him uh, in their sin. Um, thereafter, uh, when God would come down and walk through Israel's camp, everything uh, which, could, uh, which was defiled had to be put away. Everything had to be made clean. And, and it's no different today. God has not changed. Uh, the Apostle John speaks of walking with God in, in his direction, in the way of holiness. And he says, um, he calls it walking in the light. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Um, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have peace with God uh, and fellowship, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Surely a person of faith must be in agreement with God, must be walking in the same direction in holiness of life. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing we might look at is the idea of, of working toward the same end. Surely walking with God would have to be someone who's 
who's working toward the same purpose as God, can't be working in cross-purposes with God. The chief end of man, the great purpose of the Almighty, is one and the same, to to bring uh, glory to God. And surely this is also the purpose, was the purpose of Enoch. Uh, That's another reason why he and God must have got along so well. For it says in the scriptures, in Amos 3.3, can two walk together unless they're agreed? Are you agreed with God? Do you rejoice? Do you hear people speak well of him? And, and, um, and, and well of his son, the Lord Jesus. How can a man claim to be walking with God and have only his own selfish purposes in mind? God's work must be to some degree our work. And our work must somehow contribute to God's work. It, it may not be a very direct manner, but if we're glorifying him in what we're doing, we're doing something useful, um, then, then that's, uh, that's glorifying to God um, by what we say and what we do and speaking well of him and his name and defending his name and his word before others and, and by supporting his church and his gospel in this congregation within our Presbyterian throughout the world with our prayers and our gifts and our efforts. The psalmist says, Here I am. I have come. It is written in your scroll. I desire to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. So walking with God means walking and working toward the same end, desiring to see his name lifted up, desiring to see his name glorified and his purposes fulfilled. And and may I say that, that... this is to be a steady sort of relationship and commitment that's um, surely in view here. Um, uh, someone has, has put it this way regarding Enoch. He said, uh, uh, he didn't take a turn or two with God and then leave his company, but walked with him faithfully, consistently for hundreds of years. What a wonderful example, a walk of 300 years. Not a, a leap or a run or a sprint, but a steady walk. You know, our walk with the Lord needs to be steady. We have our ups and downs, but, but are we for going steadily in the general right direction? That's what we're talking about. Following the Lord in that manner. And, and God was so pleased that he took Enoch to himself prematurely. He never experienced earthly death. It's common to see people who walk with God for a while, but then weary of it and fall away. They walk off by themselves. They, in their own direction, they, they, dropping off the business and interests of God for their own work and their own interests. They may have started out well, attending worship services, morning and evening, and then it became more infrequent. Uh, Jesus warns us. He says, wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. What anyone say of you, could they say of your life, now there's a man, there's a woman, there's a boy or girl who's walking with God. Is that person, uh, it's very, it's clear that that person is, is comfortable with God, and comfortable with the name of God and holiness. Well, a third thing might be the pleasing of God. I suppose that's sort of included in what I've said, but um, there's 
It's worth noticing because in the reading of Scripture, uh, we see in the text how Genesis speaks of Enoch walking with God, uh, while the writer of Hebrews speaks that Enoch pleased God. Uh, Hebrews 5b. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So there appears to be a clear connection between um, Enoch pleasing God and, and being taken by God. Um, God, if he had been obviously displeased with Enoch, would have not taken him. Perhaps he would have judged that he needed more time on earth to, uh, uh, to grow and uh, improve on, on his walk. Um, it seems very simple to, to mention this, but in fact, um, most naturally, none of us are concerned so much about pleasing God as we might. Uh, the natural thing, according to our natural constitution, since the fall is to really prefer to please ourselves. I do recall um, <clears throat> years ago speaking with a godly woman who was at that time a deeply distressed over uh, the life and conduct uh, of her wayward niece who had been brought up in a Christian home and Christian school and yet was throwing off the traces and rebelling against the faith. And the woman noticed with particular dismay and I think discernment um, that there was this expression that kept cropping up in the midst of discussions with her niece. When asked why she was doing this or why she was doing that, uh, she would often say, because it pleases me. And that was her reason. Uh, it didn't please God, but no matter, because it pleased her. Um, and that's what she wanted, what pleased her most. Now, that's not to say that we should never seek to please another person, uh, a friend, a husband, a wife, a child. None of us are altogether that selfish or, or, or useless. <laughs> uh, we might, in fact, find a, go to great and sacrificial ends to, to please others. And that can be good as long as it doesn't become an idolatrous thing. Um, but it's, it's not the same as doing something or refraining from doing something with the sole purpose of wanting to please God. And even if we did desire with all our heart to please God, that would not mean that we were necessarily uh, pleasing God. Uh, for don't we know that even our best efforts are tainted with sin and selfishness and, and as they inevitably will be and, and are in the end often um, probably miss the high mark of pleasing God. God is holy and his law, his commandments are high and holy and beyond the reach of sinners. Try though we might, we cannot keep all of his commandments. We cannot love the Lord with all our heart, soul and strength or our neighbors ourselves. And truth be known, deep in our hearts, sometimes we really don't even very much want to. Deep in our hearts, at least, um, sometimes we're far more interested and focused on pleasing ourselves. And yet, the writer to the Hebrews, writing under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, specifically tells us that this man, Enoch, was commended as one who pleased God. Are you walking with God? Are you pleasing with God? Certainly, if Enoch were to do that in his day and age, how much more should we be challenged? One thing's for sure. 
and all of this, but without faith, it's completely out of reach for any of us. Enoch walked with God. He pleased God ultimately because he was a man of faith. For only by faith can we follow and please God. Anyone who wishes to please God must have faith. So that brings me to my second point and really to Hebrews 11.5.6 where, again, Enoch is introduced in the context of faith. He walked with God, he pleased with God, Please, God, and, and we'll read about this in the context of faith. A walking, pleasing God will be a walk of faith. Um, so what do we know about faith? Well, and verse 6 says, in fact, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever draw near to him must believe that he exists. That's Hebrews 11.6. Um, Whoever believes in him would please rather, it's a, without faith it's impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists. So first of all, a faith identifies and, um, and acknowledges God's existence as the tr- only and true living God. Um, in Exodus 20, the first commandment, we read, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, God's people uh, from Enoch on down have always uh, begun by identifying God and swearing sole allegiance to God as the only Lord of their life. Faith begins by putting God and Jesus first in our lives and for swearing all other idols. When we say that we must believe that God exists. We're saying more than just simply a bare, well, you know, yes, I believe there's a God. We're believing that God is who he says he is. And that brings uh, into the conversation um, uh, the, the matter of repentance because, because the two always go together. Uh, no one can exercise faith without exercising repentance. Repentance means turning away from the idolatrous love affairs that keep uh, our hearts from uh, following the Lord and from God and alienate us from God and causing us not to walk with God and not seeking to please him uh, first rather than ourselves. Or to say it another way, for Enoch to have believed that God existed, again, not simply some bare confession of the reality of God, that the devil believes in God and it does nothing more than make him tremble, um, make him shudder. Uh, rather, for, for Enoch to have believed, to have had faith that God existed, was his confession of the exclusive demand uh, of God that he was God and there were to be no others in his life. Uh, it was an implicit um, agreement uh, to follow the Lord alone and to repent and expel other uh, pretenders from the throne of his heart and life. That pleases God. But with uh, this confession, this repentance, comes faith. They go together. Repentance and faith are inseparable. Um, And so faith, uh, the focus of faith, is always on the Lord Jesus Christ. For, For the faith that pleases God is faith in the Lord Jesus, and that is the faith that 
that God delights um, in and, and gives to those who earnestly seek him. Um, the faith of Enoch was a faith in the holiness and righteousness of Christ. That is to say, although Enoch did not know Jesus by name, he knew God himself was the Savior, that God was the Savior, not himself, and not, uh, not Enoch. Um, and, and we can believe that because uh, there was already a sacrificial system in place. We know that from the account of Cain and Abel, the sons of Adam and Eve, who had been taught to lay their hands upon sacrificial animals and slay them in religious r- ritual. So Enoch knew that God desired to be worshipped and had made provision somehow for his sin, that there was some sense in which by doing this, uh, that God, it, it, it was pleasing to God and he wanted to please God and God was going to forgive his sins for, the, for, for doing it. Um, and uh, so he, he knew this. Um, now, and that somehow he could trust God to forgive his shortcomings. Um, now, we in the New Testament age can understand this in a much more fulsome way than Enoch. For we understand the, the work of Christ, that, that um, what he did to make faith possible and, and effective, that Christ came to die on the cross for um, for our unbelief um, and how he fulfilled uh, the sacrificial system that Enoch participated in and trusted in. Um, that how he came to die uh, for our self-pleasing sinful nature. Jesus is worthy of our focus and attention because he walked himself. Our Lord Jesus walked with God. He walked in the light in every way. He walked in holiness. He, he sought the glory of God the Father alone throughout his life. He made the will and the work of God his will and his work. Jesus was pleasing to the Father in every word. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, the Son, the Father says, and said it more than once, this is my beloved Son of whom I am well pleased. So our faith looks to Jesus the one whom the Father is well pleased with, and not ourselves, not to others, but to Christ alone, our Savior. Uh, He is the focus of our faith. Finally, walking uh, with God and pleasing God requires one more thing. Um, Saving faith, the faith of Enoch, requires us to grasp hold of Christ in faith. A grasping hold of Christ in faith begins with that repentance I spoke of. It begins by turning away from the lie of self-sufficiency and idolatry. It begins with being sorry for the fact that we are not walking with God and our lives are not naturally pleasing to God because we are not keeping his commandments or rules. It begins with agreeing that like Cain and like Enoch, uh, we are under God's wrath and curse as covenant breakers who are continually breaking his rules. But grasping hold of Christ means confessing our doubts and fears and disinclination uh, of those things we cannot see and, and naming him as our Savior. Grasping hold of Christ means crying out to God and in faith taking hold of the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he came and did for us as the incarnate Son of God, the Savior. In faith, confessing the fact uh, that um, his historic work 
on the cross was accomplished perfectly in our place. It means asking God to forgive us and reaching out to him and grasping hold of Christ uh, as, as he's shown to us in the scripture. It means, maybe the best way I can put this is, it means throwing ourselves upon him as a dead weary man or woman throws himself on an empty chair, just comes in and throws himself down. There's nothing else. He's totally, well, can't even keep himself up any longer. Maybe that's the idea. It means asking him to increase our faith and help us to trust in him. And the good news is that God hears such prayers and that he rewards those who seek him and follow him. It pleases him. That's what Hebrews tells us, that he rewards those who seek him. He's pleased with those who come by his grace, humbly and in the strength of the Holy Spirit, faithfully confessing and following him. He's pleased with our efforts. For whatever, uh, however failed our lives may be, um, he's pleased when we confess him and, and throw ourselves upon him in faith and confess him and love him. God rewards that. And he'll reward it on the last day when he receives us into glory. Well, may the Lord give every one of us a deep desire to walk with Christ this day and forever after. Uh, May you seek him and the faith that makes our hearts and lives pleasing to him as it was with Enoch. So may it be with each of us. Amen. Lord God, thank you for this man Enoch who pleased you and who walked with you and whom you took to be with yourself. Father, we um, want to walk with you. We want to please with you. Uh, please you. We, we want to walk in faith as Enoch did. A faith that grasps hold of you. A faith that loves you. A faith that confesses our sin and yet rejoices in your forgiveness. Uh, Lord, help us in this little thing to walk with you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.